Thank you so much to our new Patreon subscribers, Haley and Nick Correll. You are the caramel to our apple. Everyone, the Patreon helps keep the podcast alive and allows you access to exclusive full-length episodes, deleted scenes, videos, monthly giveaways, an exclusive book club, written reviews, and your very own Discord channel and role. Please click on the link in the description for this episode to show your support. It's only a few bucks a month, and it really helps us out. Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, Orbit Books has announced a new imprint called Orbit Works, publishing science fiction and fantasy in digital formats. The imprint will be led by Orbit executive editor Britt Hivide and editor Stephanie Clark. Orbit SVP and publisher Tim Holman said, quote, We are thrilled to be launching a new imprint that harnesses our team's expertise in publishing science fiction and fantasy. The exciting opportunities presented by high-quality digital publishing and our commitment to author partnership. Orbit Works will complement our two existing imprints perfectly, and we can't wait to welcome our first authors to the team. The Orbit the Orbit Works imprint is now open to submissions from both agented and unagented writers. More information is available at the Orbit Works website, orbitworks.net, and we'll throw that link up in the description too. I thought this was really cool. That is really cool. This is a really big publisher, Orbit. I mean, if you don't know Orbit, they, I mean, they do, <laughs> they do everything. They, they do Joe Abercrombie, Books of Babel, they do N.K. Jemison, they do all, all kinds of stuff. And they're, in my opinion, name, main player in the game. It, they're like my favorite publisher, personally. I think that pretty much, yeah. if it's an Orbit book, it's probably going to be good. You know, you can kind of just bank on that. Yep, they're like what the Sword Coast was in the 90s. Kinda, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I mean, you know, Tor is always going to be there. Tor is fantastic. There's a bunch of other really good publishers too, but in my opinion, Orbit is way up at the top. And I just thought this was really interesting that they were doing this only digital imprint, which I don't know if it's like, if it's digital and it'll and it does pretty well, if it'll move on to print or if, if it's kind of like a, a staging area for them to be able to sell more kind of like independent, smaller authors and then see how it works and just kind of expand on that. I, I think this is a very cool thing that they're doing to try to kind of advocate for more independent or not necessarily independent if they'd be signed with orbit but you know what i mean like kind of maybe more unknown authors and uh kind of yeah. push them out there but without having to print a bunch of books and stuff it's, it's interesting yeah because for a long time i feel like the industry has needed basically exactly that like more avenues or an easier road for someone to get their foot into actually working with one of these big companies because right now it's like this is such a binary like you're either great and you're gonna make it and everyone knows who you are and awesome or no and you don't get it but this is kind of like another rung in the ladder yeah. that before you become an amazing excellent writer you can get your name out there and start getting some momentum that you might then may, might make you more like succulent uh choice for some of these publishing companies Yeah, it's kind of like how you can i mean obviously you still have to submit your work and it could be not chosen for orbit but i mean look at totally. kindle unlimited and the way that people are able to just like publish so much stuff on Kindle yeah. Unlimited that kind of ends up gaining its own following. And I think that Orbit might have kind of like looked at that and said, hey, putting stuff out only digitally, I don't know, kind of makes sense. Like, look at what video games oh. are doing. They're barely putting physical copies out <laughs> anymore. You know, it's all digital. I wonder if they're going to become more uh, print on demand like Amazon's doing it. You know, if you have a yeah. book and you want to buy a hard copy and you're self-published uh, on Amazon or maybe just I don't know if you have to be self-published in order to use this feature, but that book isn't in existence when you click buy. It's like made and printed by one of their shops. They put it together and then send it to you, which I think is really cool and really efficient and uh, 
reduces a lot of waste, which I think is awesome. You know? I have a, a, a print-on-demand copy of Legends and Lattes because I got in on the ground floor with Travis Baldry. Ooh, and, nice. Yeah, so maybe that'll be worth something someday. I don't know. But I uh, like the, uh, the publisher, when that book went over to, I think it was Tor, when they just like randomly sent me one of the new copies that was kind of under that oh, imprint. Cool. But I ended up giving it away because I didn't need two copies You're a of nice it. Guy. And, yeah, and I liked my other one because it it like looks a little bit different. It's it's like very obviously a self published book. Does it say an advanced reader copy on the front? Like it no. does for our uh, John dies. No. I'm very proud of that book that we have. <laughs> uh, yeah, Parshan sent Evan and I a copy of If This Book Exists, You're in the Wrong Universe before it came out when he came on the podcast, and uh, I treasured it. Yeah, I've got a really cool advanced reader copy of the new Samantha Shannon book, uh, Day of Fallen Night, which I still haven't started because oh, cool. it's so huge. Is it's it scary? Is it signed? No. So the only beef I have with my Jason Parshan book is it's not signed because Evan did the uh, communication between Parshan and I uh, for setting up the podcast. Whenever they send us books, I'm always like, I'm kind of a beggar that way. I'm like, no shame. Like, hey, oh, but make sure you sign it, though. I don't want the book if it's not signed. Please, please sign it. What have you been up to this week? This week has been a little samey. I'm not going to lie. I feel like we're kind of in these drudge-filled throws before we get into some really cool stuff. But we're kind of like just at the last little like push yeah. we got to get there you know it's not anything new and so it's just like i'm just trying to wrap up things so i feel like a lot of like oh my gosh like just gotta finish this book which isn't the best uh mentality to make make you want to read a bunch you know just like all i need to do is finish this i don't know i just everything we've been with for a long time we've been with for a minute it feels yeah. like because they've been so expansive <laughs> so uh, yeah, I'm just excited to finish a lot of things. But, uh, you know, Persepolis Rising, we should have the podcast for that coming out here this week, really which I'm excited like to tomorrow. Talk yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about that because it was um, it was really cool. I, I like that book quite a bit, but we'll get into that on the podcast. Uh, I started Shadow and Bone book three. Oh, cool. It's definitely a good series. It's helping me. Uh, it and and uh, he who fights with monsters is helping me just like breeze through even the hard times where I'm a little bit sick of like some of the current books that we're reading. I'm just like, oh, but I still have these tasty jams. Though having such tasty succulent treats as those upon the table really is hurting my ability to read Shadowed Sun. Oh boy, yeah, Shadowed Sun. I'm like halfway Damn. through it, and I was just, I'm not super. It's I'm a shadow upon my heart, dude. I, <laughs> I'm into it enough to. I want to keep reading it, and like I want to do an episode on it because it's just a duology, and I want to get through it and everything. Right. But we already did the first oh, one. Man, I just like don't really care that much about what's happening in that no. book. I mean, there there are cool things happening. And there's really cool ideas and the writing is top notch. It's not, it yep. is very readable yep, yep, yep. and everything, but just, I just don't, I'm not like latching on to anything or anybody at yeah. all. And so it's just, yeah, there's no emotional connection. And that's the trouble with reading multiple books at a time is that you really end up prioritizing stuff. And Shadowed Sun went way to the bottom of my list. Well, it, we need yeah. to finish it though. Cause we need to get I know. Scythe. And I want to read Scythe. And wanna, we we want to read Scythe so bad and we'll, we'll end up starting that so bad. hopefully this week let's just we'll just this get week. shadowed sun finished if you're curious about uh dream blood definitely read the killing moon or at least try it out and maybe listen to our podcast there's some spoilers in there and stuff i want to say you can never go wrong with jemison but i don't know i feel like we kind of went wrong with jemison yeah. here I'm not, i feel like we did yeah, too I don't know. i've learned that like excellent writing is not enough to get me through a book like men and women cannot survive on excellent writing alone i must have more you know and i stand by my statement of last week that i feel like jemison obviously cared so much about this book and spent a lot of time thinking about it that she by the time she started writing it she cared so much for the characters emotionally that she like forgot to make us do that 
mean, maybe. Or that it was necessary <laughs> to make it. I don't know. Because I'm just like, I just, I'm not going to. I think she wrote them while she was writing The Broken Earth. So it was just oh, like this wow, huge workload. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe she, maybe it wasn't as big of a priority for her either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Poor Dreamblood. I don't know. But you're totally nailed it when you're like, it's not high on the priority list. Cause like I started reading it the other day. I was like, I'm going to finish it. I only have 150 pages or whatever left. And uh, I said 20 minutes later, I was reading He Who Fights with Monsters. <laughs> are you, which which He Who Fights with Monsters are you on? I think I'm on the sixth one. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Cause they're, uh, I took a break for like a month or two, but just this last week, I was like, I can't can't stay stop, away you know yeah i was just like i was missing missing my homie so yeah i want to read them. they're so good man they're <laughs> so good i love them very dearly uh, i've been listening i've been either having them on my kindle or uh or on audiobook which they're really good audiobooks but i need to go and actually purchase them because i want physical copies yeah and go them. support the author and everything too and like go buy them all yeah up. yeah the name i can never remember because it's like salam so, because it's one name yeah that's how uh, a few different i think a lot of those kind of like progression fantasies and and some other fantasy works too like they are like worm or i think there's there's some other ones too or like wandering in i think is another one that's like it's like a username yeah. almost and then you know it kind of changes over time or or they just keep it the same like i mean for all the young dudes it's miss king being 89 and it's just been that this <laughs> right. whole time this is shirt yeah shirt yeah, totally. yeah he's travis yeah. Deverell yeah. is what his name oh, is actually you have a name yes cool. i looked it up so and he's got a website here which is pretty cool so Dude, try to get him on interview him i should oh my gosh i definitely should i didn't even think about that i'm absolutely hitting yeah him up. i bet he'd come on yeah get him up in here yeah, that'd be fun. I wonder if he wants me to call him Shirtaloon or Travis. Uh, I, I imagine if the name on the books is Shirtaloon, he might prefer that, actually. Probably, yeah. It's obviously he's he's just like committed to his brand. Make you sure know? you ask. <laughs> oh, I definitely will. Yeah. Hey, Shirtaloon. He's like, nah, nah dude. Like, on, ah. he's like, he's like, dude, I'm not calling you Chad Klein 104 at your email, bro. Like, <laughs> and then Priority of the Orange Tree, I'm still about three-fourths of the way through and I'm wrapping on that. Oh, but, wow. you know, that's getting through it. That's, that's multiple books in one, yeah. man. Because it's so ginormous. What do you think about it? I like it a lot. Yeah. I like it a lot, a lot. And it's very, very good. Like the dragons, it gets a little like, I feel like there's a lot going on. in that. There's book. a lot going on. And there's no attempt at holding your hand. I think it would have been cool if it was a duology. Yeah. If it was like a 1300 page duology, I think it, yes. I'm not saying Samantha Shannon like should have written it that way or anything. I think, you know, it was a huge undertaking to basically write. I mean, yeah. it feels like a, a fantasy series kind of like condensed down into an 800 page book. Totally. Which is really cool. But yeah, I, I feel you though. There's, there's so much going on so in that book. Much. It's a lot. I feel like I miss the significance sometimes of things that happen. And it's like a sentence or chapter will end with an obvious like, dun, dun, dun. I'm like, I don't really know <laughs> why, though. <laughs> but it's very good reading. The story is awesome. Well, I guess that Shadow and Bone and He Who Fights Monsters. I really shouldn't be complaining about um, books that we're reading that are not good because it's really just like me experiencing a tiny little bit of fatigue with The Expanse and then like not liking Shadowed Sun. That's like it. Oh, and being disappointed about Spear Who Cuts Through Water as it was beautiful. Oh, well, I'll have a podcast on that this week also, yeah, right? Yeah, we'll have a Patreon episode for Spear Cuts Through Water. Um, I think Chad and I, yeah, we, we seem to have fairly similar opinions like it started as like an a plus book and then yeah kind of moved oh, to like a loving it like a b plus and then kind of like for me like a like a good solid like b you know like yeah. i don't know what it, it just it just fizzled out and it needed to end yeah i mean without spoiling too much i mean we'll end up spoiling a bunch on the on the patreon episode obviously but um it's just like it had everything and everything. then and then it's just for me it's just my my interest and um, like I, I just didn't feel as captivated 
once mm-hmm. all these like pieces kind of fell into place. But yeah, but yeah. I mean, you have to give it points for sheer originality and ambition because yes. like I don't think I've read a book this year that was that well written. It's not even like well written. I mean, it is, but it's like it's almost like you want to. I want to use like a different word yeah, or something because yeah. it's like it's very uniquely written. Like a good writer could write and not sound like that at all. True. Yeah. I don't know. It's very like it's very and it's very flowery and fun, descriptive. Yeah, it's very like purple prose and literary and yeah, um, but not in a bad way. Does purple just mean kind of flowery. Yeah. Okay. Not in a bad way where I, I, I it doesn't feel pretentious. It doesn't feel like ham fisted or heavy handed or anything mm-hmm. like that. It's just like the 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 direction that it went. I was like, oh. Oh, that's the end. Okay. Right. Well, You're like, oh, wait, what? Okay. Yeah, well, all right. That's how Simon Jimenez wanted to end it. So <laughs> I'm, I was along for the whole ride. So I guess I'm, I'm still in. But Simon Jimenez, he must be a very deep thinker. Maybe, yeah. Like, I'm sure he's a really fun guy to like get into a conversation absolutely. with. Like, probably not very great at small talk. <laughs> but if you were to like really sit down with him, I bet you he has got some interesting things to say going on in his absolutely. mind, you know? Yeah, but as far as um, my reads, that's it. And I've still been watching The Last Kingdom. Man, that show is awesome. I really love yeah, it. Yeah, I was thinking about getting going on that here pretty soon. You should. It has so much warfare and battle. And just like the main character is so handsome and so awesome. I love him to death. He is really handsome. I know uh, I'm in a group chat Very with handsome. some other book talkers and um, they all love the uh, The Last Kingdom and they were sharing pictures of the main character Uhtred. and just saying like look look how hot this guy is and i was like damn oh my god like <laughs> whoa Uhtred, son of Uhtred is a good looking dude <laughs> he looks like a young jason momoa oh wow yeah i yep i can see it more rugged i uh i recently yeah. got a um under the desk I, I bought a standing desk and i got a treadmill for under the desk so i can walk Ooh, while nice. i'm like editing and um, sending emails and uploading stuff and doing all the stuff i have to do on my computer you walking no, right now i'm not i don't want i don't want i'm standing though which is pretty cool. Oh, that's cool. Your posture is really good. Yeah. Thank you. I was looking for a new show to watch while I'm like walking, you know, like a good 45 minute episode kind of thing. So I think that might be it. I might start that. Dude, that should absolutely be it. And I've been doing other things too while watching it, you know, some graphic design and stuff. And so it's like not so intense, like Breaking Bad or something that requires like a lot of thought in order to understand what's going on. It's like pretty simple and just like, okay, they're fighting this guy and this person doesn't like Uthred because of this reason. Okay. Is it as complex as like Game of Thrones? No, no, not even kind of. So there's like the British people and then there's the Danes. And then there's some, uh, I'm now in season three and there's some, like the Scots are beginning to be introduced. And then there's definitely factions within the groups of Saxons and the group of Danes. But uh, the Danes kind of make it all simple on us pretty early on by like wiping out everybody except for Wessex. So <laughs> wait, is this like 11th century stuff like with Canute and Sven? This is like and... 800th. Okay, so it's, yeah. like, it's before all that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I think it's before that stuff. I could be wrong in that, but I'm pretty sure I'm not. Uh, my... Uh... English like Anglo-Saxon uh, war history is a little shaky, but I was just asking because that's what that's like around where Vinland Saga takes place. So oh yeah, you're right, huh? Yeah. So this is like before then. Yeah, because this was King Alfred the Great. Mm, okay. Yeah. Son, fifth son of Eilwulf. He like made England England really yeah, like historically. Third king or something like that, right? Or something like that. I can't something remember. like that. Cause, yeah, because I remember before then was like what a dying Rome, like a fizzling out Rome. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah before that was the, was the Celts, I believe. The Celts. Oh, in, in Britain. Yeah, yeah, before the Romans got there. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Well, oh, before the Romans. Certain. Before the Romans got there, yeah. Okay, and then it was Rome, and then it was the Saxons and, and those. Yeah, it's cool. I um, When I was, like, traveling around Europe a lot, there's still a lot of, like, Roman stuff. Yeah, we still have Roman roads we drive on. <laughs> I mean, we don't. <laughs> you know, we, oh, well, not you and I, but, like, yeah. the people the, who live there. The that's royal crazy. we. They had some lasting power. They weren't very, like, inventive with their technology. But, man, you got to say, those people could do some. They were all over the place. Some stonework. Just looked it up. Alfred the Great lived from 871 to 899. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah. I'll check it out. Yeah, you definitely should. So uh, that's pretty much it for me. What have you been up to this week, my friend? Yeah, I did not have a very productive reading week. I was still getting over COVID and everything. I'm finally feeling like back at 100%, which is nice because... (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I forgot that there was just like a lingering um, fatigue once you once you kind of over it. Um, that really puts the phrase like getting over a cold like in perspective. Because yes. uh, like I mean I'm, I'm just such a huge baby when I get sick. Like the second that I tested negative, I was just like, all right, cool. Like I am golden. Like let's go. And then no. I'm not done yet. You know, I mean, I'm out of the woods, but I'm still out in the wilderness, you know, so I still was feeling kind of terrible, but I got a little bit of reading done. I have this theory about men since society really like pushes <laughs> us to be super like tough all the time that when we have an actual excuse to not be tough, we like super <laughs> abuse it because like every man seems oh to be just, like a total a little boy when it comes to being sick Seriously. and not me included. I just it's I get so indignant. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm just, I'm just like I can't believe this is happening to me. Let's see. I am reading Tiamat's Wrath. I already like it more than Persepolis Rising. You can just tell it's just like all right. Now we're right. gonna we're putting the pedal to the metal now. These Here balls we go. are rolling. I'm reading a little hatred. I'm almost done with it. Man, it's yeah. awesome. It, there. Okay, so I do have some thoughts because I haven't read Abercrombie in a little mm-hmm. while, and I forgot how little he gives a shit about what anything looks yeah, like. Nope. Like he, nope. <laughs> he barely ever describes. And there's a city with a wall. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much all dialogue and action. And mud and blood. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just funny, like, reading it. And I was just like, man, I just really don't have, like, much of a sense yeah. of immersion. Like, I mean, I do because the dialogue and um, the events the are so engaging. The relationships, yes. And I also forgot there's a lot of like machinations at the beginnings of his books, you know, there's just, but I can see like now that I'm almost done with the first book, I can, it's just, it's so obvious like how these seemingly very separate storylines and characters are all converging and turning into like a a pretty big event of a story, which he's just such a master, man. Like he's so freaking good at it. And like every scene is interesting. Mm -hmm. Every interaction, even if it's like, just two people talking like the jokes and the, the, the tension character. And, uh, he's like the Tarantino of yes. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good way of putting it actually. Yeah. I, I'm glad I came up with that. Cause actually. he's like pretty unique as well, you know, but not so unique that you're like, Whoa, man, crazy. Oh, and like Tarantino borrows quite a bit from other movies. And I feel like Abercrombie borrows quite a bit from like Glenn cook, um, like Michael Moorcock, David Gemmell. He comes along and does it better. Yeah, I mean, he's got a very different flair for it. But like just um, Grimdark in general, just kind of like how there's just, even in this first book, there's been some scenes. <laughs> there's one in particular that involves a chimney uh, yeah, and a dude. chimney sweep. And I'm not going to spoil anything, but I was I was like reading along and I was like, no, yeah. he's not going to do this. He's not going to do it. And he did it. Ah. And I was like, Joe, 
my guy, <laughs> Mr. Abercrombie, what are you doing? So I'm really into that. I'm so into it that I've been kind of neglecting some other stuff. Like I'm still reading, uh, I finished Night of the Living Dummy, which is a Goosebumps book. I'll be doing a review for that really soon. I'm reading Let's Get Invisible, which is pretty cool. I had never read it before, but it got suggested to me on one of my other videos. So I'm reading that. And uh, Vinland Saga, I'm on volume 11 out of uh, 13, which are available right now. And I'm kind of kind of putting it off because... I really don't want it to end. Oh, <laughs> well, that's a very endearing reason to keep with something, you know? Yeah, I mean, because the way that everything is like shaking down right now in these in Villain Saga, there's obviously not like a big capital E mm. ending coming up like anytime soon. So I'm kind of like, do I want to like be all the way caught up or should I like save the last right, fry in the bag? A little bit. You know what I mean? Uh, <laughs> but no, I'm going to finish it. But I, I love Villain Saga. It's it's one of my favorite things that i've read in the last yeah, couple cool. of years got all these cool things i don't know if these are in the other manga editions like the single volume stuff but he's got all these kind of like non sequiturs that he throws in at the end of each like volume or chapter or whatever where he's kind of like this is what's going on with my kids these days like oh, i'm trying to quit smoking and it's like super hard and you know this is how i feel about you know being afraid of death and like he just kind of like does these cool little like personal mini essays like interviews with himself yeah it's really cool that is really cool yeah i wish i could have him on here to talk with yeah, him yeah it sounds like he has a lot of things to say and wants the platform to be able to say them yeah i'm really into vinland saga that's really cool that he does that i'm still reading all the young dudes and i kind of um i kind of took a break with all the young dudes same because i was I was reading it to try to fall asleep. Never everyone's going to get told as like an author, like, yeah, I use your book to fall asleep. <laughs> so this is what happened. I was like, all the young dudes would be a perfect like fall asleep thing because I'm so familiar with the world and everything. And totally. it's so like, it's such a comfort blanket to like with Harry Potter stuff. But Miss King Bean 89 mm. wrote a hell of a story. And it's so captivating that I like can't. I stay up like I end up and it's so long, you know, I'm still well, then that would that be the into. best thing to be told as a follow up to your previous statement as an author like hell yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. In my mind, I was kind of like, I just should read it during the day. And then I just like put it off. And but now I'm reading it again. I'm like full steam ahead with all the young dudes. And damn, it's so awesome. It's so good. I'm excited to sink my teeth into it more. You know, one thing I just thought of that is really awesome about reading multiple books at the same time is that, you know, as you read them like one in a row, it's like, yeah, you can compare and contrast between books, but like it's especially obvious when you're reading other books that the cream kind of rises to the top. You know, it's like mm -hmm. cool that you have this immediate and very relevant thing to contrast it with, you know, and kind of develop yep. your ideas around not only that book, but the difference between it two reads and like how you react and, and enjoy both of them separately, you know? Yeah. It kind of comes with its own stresses and its yeah. own benefits, yeah, yeah. you know, cause like reading one book at a time seems, I feel like I would feel more like kind of on the ball with I stuff. I always did that, you know, and never in my life have I been reading at least two fantasy books. I usually have like one like self-help or something that I was really interested in or something, you know, like copyright law yeah. or something. I don't know. I, at this point in my, in my reading career, if you want to call it that, I kind of just, I've just kind of accepted like this is just the way that yeah, I am. Yeah, dude. I'm just going to read know? whatever. <laughs> this is just how I read. Yeah. So uh, it's fine. Because, yeah, when I was sick, I was reading like the Tommyknockers and I was reading Spear Cuts Through Water and I was reading uh, The Expanse. And I was just like, man, like I want to read something more fun than whatever all this right. is. And I was happy to be reading those books, but I was sick. And then so I probably should have read all the young dudes, but I went over to my shelves and I just grabbed a little hatred and started it and mm -hmm. just didn't stop. And so that's kind of like the definition of a mood reader. You know, you kind of like assess 
you're like, what do I want to feel like right now? Yeah, and I feel like that's a pretty good way of doing it because it, there's a lot of opportunity there. You know, you'll be able to quickly kind of see what you like and what you don't and not have to be like so far into one book. You feel like, ah, well, I'm just going to end it and finish it. Even though I'm not really liking it. I'm about I'm already halfway through. Whereas if you're reading like five books at once, it's like, I ain't got time for that. No way, you know, <laughs> I'll get to it later, you know? Yeah. And let's see what else. That's kind of most of the stuff I've been reading. I'm listening to A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. I'm on the second novella right now. Um, George R. R. Martin's kind of like three novella collection. Oh, that's right. It's read by the guy that plays Viserys in Game of Thrones, uh, Daenerys' oh. brother. And he's a great narrator. He does a really good job. Cool. It's so funny because I was listening to it. And I was like, this guy is such an awesome narrator. But what? Something about his voice. I don't know. Like, I really do feel like I've heard it before. And then I looked it up and I was like, oh, it's the worst person in the show. Oh, my God. Totally. And he's so endearing because the main character in... Well, one of the main characters in A Night of the Seven Kingdoms is a guy named uh, Sir Duncan the Tall. And he's super, mm. super awesome. Like very like kind of like straight man to his kind of like squire's uh, kind of like wild cardness. I don't know. It's very, very good. You should definitely check it out. Okay. If you're a fan of George R.R. R. Martin and A Song of Ice and Fire, definitely go read A Night of the Seven Kingdoms. It's everything you need if you're if you need more of that world. And how many short stories is it? Three novellas. It's like a 320 cool. page book. Okay. So elephant in the room here. The reason why I wasn't <laughs> able to pump out more reading this week is because on Thursday night at nine o'clock PST, I downloaded Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game from a little company uh, called the Nintendo. The sequel to Breath of Wild, yeah. right? Oh my God. Yeah. It's... How was it? Tell me everything. Okay. So I'm about like 20 hours or so into it. And so far, I'm really loving it. It's awesome. I mean, like, the, especially the first, like, few hours of it, it just keeps building on itself. And it's just like, look at all the stuff we did. And you're just like, this is overwhelming. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. But now that I'm kind of, like, more into the meat of it, it's it's a lot like Breath of the Wild. Like, it is... It okay. is <laughs> which, I was going to ask, is it, like, Breath of the Wild 2? Or they're like, whoa, they really took a different direction here. Okay. So a lot of people, so the more cynical way that I've heard people talk about it is they've said like, it's a breath, it's Breath of the Wild DLC. No, it's not. Okay. It's not. It's, it's way bigger than that. Like, I don't mind that I paid $70 for it. I feel like I got my money's worth. This doesn't really feel like a DLC. I can see why people consider it a DLC because so much like the down to like the sound effects like there's so many of the same sound effects and everything but you know what they did that with majora's mask too so totally they make a mod for the game and they usually build like two or three games from that mod before they move on to the next one right like a set of blocks and sounds and yeah movements and stuff that there's they a whole engine the for it you know um, yeah so, exactly. i mean like i can see that argument i don't personally agree with it i think that they did enough with it's a it's a totally different story and personally i think it's a much better story than breath of the wild like breath okay. of the wild story is a little bit it's a little bit to be desired yeah. there like yeah it's not great but this one's feels much more epic uh, i mean there's giant islands in the sky that you can go and there's like a whole there's a what? whole like underground like cave system in it too and that's those are apart oh, wow. from the main overworld that you're in most of the time and they did all kinds of like quality of life changes so like in the first game if you opened a chest and you and it was like a sword but you already had like a full inventory of swords you had to like close the chest and then go into your menu and then like drop yeah, a sword dude. and then go open the chest again but this time if you have a full inventory they like bring up your inventory to give you a selection of what to drop so it's like little tiny things like that sure okay you still can't pet a dog in that game what? which that was one of the things that everyone said they really wanted and nintendo just 
decided we weren't getting that. But there, I mean, yeah, no, no, no I don't want to spoil it because I know that a lot of people want to play it. And maybe some people haven't had a chance to yet. But I, I was a little disappointed in the overall kind of like progression system in the game, like the feedback mm. loop. It's like pretty much like you're looking for four things that'll like increase your hearts or your stamina. And you're going to like these certain specific places to go like find five things when you get to the thing. And it's like it's very okay. similar in that regard. So there's a lot of and you're like, you know, finding towers to like unlock bits of the map and stuff. And it's like, man, this seems like a game from 2017, you know, totally. I'll be one of the best games I've ever played. But right. And that's that's very key that you say that, too. Right. right. It's like as much as I'm like, man, I wish that they would have changed this up. It's like, well, yeah, but it was one of the best gaming experiences I ever had. And it's just an improvement on it. So what am I really complaining about here? You know? Yeah, you like call them pizza plates. Like last week, you made me the best pizza I've ever had, and this one tasted just like it. And you're like, okay, like what's your complaint, <laughs> yeah, sir? Like I don't. Know. <laughs> I think it just depends. It, it really comes down to personal taste. I mean, like for me personally, I am a like Zelda is my favorite video game. It's it's like my it's like the Lord of the Rings for me. It's like outside of a ranking. For, I think that Zelda are they're the best yep. games there are. I grew up with Ocarina of Time, with Majora's Mask, with Link's uh, Link to the Past, Same. with Twilight Princess, Wind Waker, and all of those games are very like narrative driven and they're very linear, right? So it's like it's yep. like Link, you have you can't you basically can't do anything else <laughs> until you get this item and go in this temple and beat this boss totally. where you get a different item and then because you got that item in that theme so, temple now you can progress through the overworld a little bit more to get to this next temple and I love that. So there's part of me like the 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 big nerd in me is like it would have been so cool if Nintendo did that for tears of the kingdom it would have been as opposed to open world because yeah, i mean the open world kind of necessitates the like sandbox crafting system that they made and they really just improved on it and expanded on it which mm -hmm. is cool and also not cool because i mean sometimes i just want to like go into a temple and kill a bunch of monsters you know what i mean like i don't want to have totally to like, figure out a bunch of yeah little puzzles and, and so with this game it's like okay well you can do that but first we're going to need you to build a car out of like all right. this stuff and then figure out a way with this weird system that we've devised like to get the car over here so just make sure you do that first and it's like well i don't want to build the car though man like i already did right. that I just like 20 times it. uh but it's fine i mean i think i could go on for an entire hour about my thoughts on it but to be fair I've only beaten the first like main thing out of like quite a few of them. And I, I don't think that I, I've progressed as much into the story as a lot of other people. I've just been kind of exploring. So I'll give you my feedback okay. next week on kind of like yeah. how I feel after <laughs> I'm probably going to put another 50 hours into it. <laughs> who am I kidding? Yeah. Who Dude, am I good kidding? for you. Do it. I, I kind of feel even with Breath of the Wild, like I loved Breath of the Wild. It's on my top three list of like games of all time but there was like i was sad the temples were a little weak they were just kind of like man i wish like i would have spent a chunk of the game in this temple where it was more like a mini game yeah. that i came across it and i was like cool i can do this thing for like 20 minutes and then i'm out and i got the thing and i can move on with the story and it was nice that i could pick my order of doing them but like, i don't know i wanted them to be weightier i can say in tears of the kingdom it seems like though that is the the situation it's expanded on and made better so it's, at least there's that, you know, it's not like they just did the yeah. same exact thing, you know, they're totally. not like giant 
robots that you have to like turn out all their buttons on <laughs> or whatever right. which is basically what that is but yeah i'm i'm having a a great time with it i was almost finished with the dead space remaster um and then this oh, wow. came out and i haven't touched anything how's the graphics the dead space or oh, the tears of the kingdom yeah is it, is it, it just looks like exactly the same it looks literally the exact that's kind of disappointing i wish they would have like given it a, like a little user interface like do oh that's you know? like an entire video game podcast like topic right there is like because N nintendo i mean okay the the switch is and uh, if you disagree with me on this hit me up you know i'd love to have a conversation about it but the switch is basically an android phone you know what i yes. mean like it's and i know it's yeah, like a really nice a really one. nice one so they're it's like they're running this much more complicated game when breath of the wild was already complicated i mean there's frame rate drops in breath of the wild in multiple different areas totally. especially like the korok forest and stuff um mm -hmm. but in this, this game one's like meshes to, yeah in this game like the frame is the frame rate has dipped a lot multiple times in just random areas there's not really like a ton of stuff going on you know and that's just my experience oh, well wow. i feel like they're running a game for 2023 on hardware from 2017 which is like literally what they're doing <laughs> Yeah, it is literally what they're doing. But but yeah. okay, so there's that. And and it and it's fun to complain about that, but it's like you kind of start looking into it a little bit more. There is kind of like a microchip shortage situation going on and yeah, everything. Yeah. And like I think Nintendo, if they and I'm not I'm not a huge Nintendo fanboy, I'm not trying to like stick up for them or anything. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, they're a terrible company. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they really totally like they will they will do whatever it takes to save half a penny you know but oh that's unfortunate to hear i don't know much about them oh yeah i mean that's just my opinion i feel like maybe their thought process behind it was like don't have to put a new system out and people will still keep buying the system and the numbers are still good that we don't need to invest in r d to make this a huge priority right now you know like they've carved out their niche yeah they want the increase in like game sales because they know they'll experience a pretty yeah, big software. dip in sales of games yeah. once they require you to upgrade the system in order to play it but like That's interesting all yeah. the other consoles have come out with like a new one year like a year ago at least or has it been two years now since you know the switch so i feel like the switch is going to fall behind unless if, if they don't come out with something new because like what is computer processing double every two months or something six months i don't know something like that see and you're and you're like mostly right about that but nintendo is this really weird has it, it's got this really weird grasp on the video game market where they can just kind of keep pumping out kind of like half-assed pokemon games and people will yeah, keep yeah. buying them no matter what they look like so they can they know that they can just keep churning out these kind of like you know not in their prime looking <laughs> or no. playing or performing games yeah pretty and, mediocre and because of, there's so much brand loyalty there you know what i mean like there's there's so much but i just uh to kind of like sum up i think it's a really fantastic game i think um it deserves the praise that it's gotten i don't think i want another zelda game like this Got after this i think like and i think a lot of it's people enough feel of the that same. content yeah yeah i think like what would be really cool is if nintendo put out like a top down like 2d zelda but like a really expansive one and like a really well thought out wow adventure. okay like, because i mean and this is i mean i'm a we run a book podcast we talk about books constantly i'm i'm in it for the fantasy elements and the story hmm. yeah and you know the good gameplay and good progression and stuff like that is great but i'm looking I want to escape. You want to play make believe. Yeah, and that's why I I thought like Twilight Princess was a fantastic game because it, 
it's you know you're you're traveling in and out of the twilight dimension you know and there's there's a lot there there's a lot to unpack with that game and it's like kind of dark and atmospheric and moody and um, this game kind of has that but i think that it kind of like leans way more into the crafting sandbox open world situation and a little bit less mm. into like the it doesn't feel like a zelda you mean crafting game. like making your own stuff is that what you mean about to, it? yeah i mean there's a lot okay. of it. Okay. It's like, it's like that gets a little like, ugh. Yeah, I mean, it's like, did you ever play Banjo Kazooie Nuts and Bolts? No, I never did. <laughs> well, someone listening to this has, and they're laughing in their car right now because I made that <laughs> connection. But anyway, is it a lot like that? Uh, yeah, it's fine. I'll tell you more okay, about okay, it next okay. week when I've when I've had a chance to kind of like really, because sure. I'm I've dug into it, but I'm also trying to get us some other stuff done around here too. Uh, but anyway. That's enough about video games. That's enough about Zelda. Let's go into the fictional fun fact and wrap it on up. Let's do it. Evan and I are doubling down tonight. We're going to do another podcast as soon as we're done here. So we're knocking it out. All right. Choose Your Own Adventure books were invented by a single father and a lawyer named Edward Packard. He came up with the idea while telling bedtime stories to his kids. And I thought that was um, very heartwarming that it was like he loved reading to to his kids like I like reading to my cat, you know, so I'm sure I'll be doing the same thing. But he was so he wanted them engaged with him and part of the creative process, which I thought to be really cool. It's funny, you know, you'd think that there would be like these big choose your own adventure, like fantasy novels right now but it's such an yeah. undertaking though i mean like to have to write oh my gosh you have to write multiple yeah. copies of the same thing and then it's like no no you can choose your if you want to choose your own adventure you can write a book you're choosing my adventure when you buy it so live it or don't you know i do think it would be really cool though to like if if i or if brandon sanderson or like somebody <laughs> so if i thought it'd be a cool idea to always put two books out you know? Ooh, cool. And then each, how do I explain this? Like each book can be read with every other book in its own way. Sure, sure. But like, but you got like a, so. Oh, that's a, that's an undertaking. Yeah. Cause you'd be literally. the more books you add to the too. series, you're like exponentially increasing like the amount of like choices. There yeah. are branches. The story oh my can God. Go it down. would be a nightmare. It would be a nightmare logistically. But can you imagine if like Sanderson was just like, okay, so I'm putting these two books out and the ending is different for both books. And I'll tell you the premise of the next two and you choose which one you want to read. Yeah. And then it would increase your the, the reread factor too. That's a great idea for retention, bro. I mean, it's a good idea, but like the amount of <laughs> the amount yeah. of work. Like I'm writing books right now and it is I'm throwing my head against the wall. I mean, and I'm just writing like one it's as simple as it gets you know it's it's still so much and so doing two like that yeah that's a lot uh christopher paolini just came out with one uh about his fractal verse and it's available online for free on his website i think it's like fractalnet.org or com or something i'll I'll find it and link it in the description beneath here but it's a pretty cool you can all read it for free online you can kind of choose your own adventures you go through his his tale it's a really good way of kind of educating his readership about the fractal verse without just having to just insane info dump during his books i think which is pretty clever i kind of want to go on ebay and try to find some of those vintage choose your own adventure that'd be a fun thing to read uh on a live stream it would actually be. because then you have like, everyone choose the audience yeah how often do you hmm. have to choose at the end of every chapter uh with the ones that i've read yeah it's like it's yeah, like dude. okay you got to the end of the dungeon do you fight the dragon or do you run away and then it's like you go to the chapter where you run away and then it's like okay well now you're running and then you fall into a hole you know so then you die or something and right. it's like ah, i should have fought the dragon you damn know? it yeah and then you go back and fight the dragon and stuff and yeah they're really cool that'd be great i would love to do dude that'd be fun to make like a story, like D&D campaign with on a live basically except like 
it'd be very reduced. Like people aren't rolling yeah, or anything. You're right. just like, do you do A, B, C, or D? And then give them that all the time, you know, and write those little things, have lives where people get to could, make their own story. I kinda. wonder if I could find a really short one and we could do a whole podcast episode. It'd be a lot of reading. It'd be a lot of reading out loud. I love reading out loud. Maybe you could read it then because I don't like I'd it. I'd love to do that. <laughs> but then you just be silly. Yeah, well, we, we, need your, uh, we need your pretty face there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would be there to make the call. I would make the decisions. Of where we go. Yeah, that'd be really fun. We could do it for the Discord too. Have them pick. That'd be fun. Yeah, because they're always live. We can always be like, hey, Discordians. Let's brainstorm that. We'll, we'll, Let's we'll do put that. a pin in that. Be fun. Because we need to wrap this yeah. up so we can go record our episode for Persepolis Rising. And I'm going to go finish the Shadow, Shadowed Sun. I'm doing it. <laughs> finishing it. Thank you. <laughs> I'll finish it too, I promise, everybody. We, we told you all we'd finish it. We're going to finish it. That's going to do it for us today, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to the Monday Morning Minute. Hope you're all having an awesome rest of your day. And of course, happy reading. Bye, everybody. Thank you.